0: From Mamma Mia, I'm Claire Murphy. This is the Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. A sex offender register is a list of all the convicted sex offenders in the country. It includes the offender's location, physical appearance and criminal history. Australia currently doesn't have one, but over $7 million was allocated to create one in the federal budget. So what will it look like, and will it actually help keep people safe? Coming up soon, we'll discuss both sides of the sex offender register debate with Bruce Morecambe, who lost his son at the hands of a known sex offender, and criminologist Dr Karen Gilb, who studied the impact of sex offender registers around the world. The largest anti-sexual violence organisation in the US says on its website that a sex offender register can keep your kids safe by giving you an opportunity to have the conversation with your children about speaking up when something doesn't feel right. You can tell them why you feel it's important for them to stay away from a particular person. You can learn where a sex offender is allowed to live and give you the opportunity to report any suspicious behaviour to your local law enforcement. There isn't a register like that here in Australia. In the US, it's called Megan's Law. Named after Megan Kanker. In 1994, in New Jersey, seven-year-old Megan was lured into her neighbor's house. What she didn't know was that her neighbour was a convicted sex offender. That neighbour raped and murdered Megan, dumping her body in a nearby park. That law has now led to today's technology. There's an app you can download to your phone, which allows you to drop a pin in a map at any place to see how many registered sex offenders are in the area. Drop one on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, you can see there are 77 registered offenders in a three-mile radius. But is the register doing what it was designed to do, to protect the vulnerable people in the community? Someone who knows firsthand the pain of the loss of a child at the hands of a sex offender is Bruce Morecambe. Bruce and Denise's 13-year-old son, Daniel, went missing from a bus stop on the Sunshine Coast in 2003. It wasn't until 2014 that Brett Peter Cowan, a known sex offender, was found guilty of Daniel's murder. Bruce, the child sex offender register being proposed by the Home Affairs Minister, Peter Dutton, it's being referred to as Daniel's Law. Do you think it would have made an impact on your son's case had it been in place in 2003?
2: Uh, Look, not in the uh, initial sense, and that is uh, the proposed Daniels Law legislation is that it would capture known pedophiles that have a history of offending against kids that have been found guilty in the court of law within your suburb. So obviously uh, Cowan lives some 30 or so kilometres from our residence and a number of suburbs away. But the point I'd like to make is there is a severe deterrent factor, I'm sure, a really strong point, and that is somebody that is on the register will not want to offend again because they are known to be already up in lights and somebody that hasn't been found guilty before. They may well have offended before, but obviously if they're not through the courts found guilty, they won't be on this register. Somebody like that, a clean skin, let's say, they don't want to be on the register. So hence, they're not going to offend. They will think twice before they actually go and do those horrendous crimes against children.
0: So you think that it won't necessarily be the people who are on the register who will be the most impacted by this? It'll be a massive deterrent for those who don't want to end up there that might be the big game changer for this existing?
2: 100%. We all must obey the rules and there are some rules that are taboo. You do not rape kids. This is not what we do here in a modern Australia. So if you go down that path, you will be exposed forever in the day as the sort of person you really are.
0: What benefit do you think there is to the public for knowing this? So in having that knowledge of an offender's location, do you feel like it would make people feel safer or would it just make people feel more scared? Yeah,
2: look, it's not about making people scared. It's about educating the public. So kids, mums, dads, carers, grandparents and educators, I should point out as well. It's a perfect opportunity to sit down in the privacy of your own home or perhaps in school, you know, a safety lesson and say, let's have a look at who lives in our particular area, in our suburb, in our general vicinity. So it's not a matter of saying uh, at number 7 Fish Street, there is a terrible person and they are potentially horrendous crimes. It's not about scaring people. It's about saying, hey, this is the real world. This is where we live. This is not the other side of Australia. This is not over in Yugoslavia or wherever on the other side of the world. This is here in our neighbourhood. And I think it'll be a wake-up call to all Australians, not scaring them, but a wake-up call to say, wow, I didn't know that existed. We were like that, Denise and I, as parents. In a beautiful rural community here on the Sunshine Coast, uh, it was a wake-up call for us. Obviously, a horrendous fear that came true. But what happened to Daniel is very rare. What happens to lots and lots, unfortunately, tens of thousands of kids in Australia, is offending by somebody that they know. So... Here's a different situation. How about a single mum? She's looking for the new love of her life, a new partner. She perhaps goes to a bar with a friend or she goes online, which is more prevalent these days. She puts in there, you know, I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old. I, know I love kids, love outdoor, love hiking, all that sort of thing. And up comes uh, your selection. You pick who you want. You go out for a, you know, a drink and a meal maybe. You say, oh, wow, he's fantastic. But nobody can check to see if he's been an animal in the past. So here's the opportunity in the private vicinity of that lady's home. She can tap in and say, has this person got a criminal record for offending against children? Yes or no. It is not the be all and end all. It is only people that have been caught and found guilty. Bottom line is it will expose a lot of people. And uh, that is a good thing because it educates that single mum, because talking to police and, and people, you know, at the front line of protecting kids, it is mum's new boyfriend that is often the person that offends against these kids.
0: Well, speaking of restrictions on offenders, what about those people who offended when they themselves were kids? Like, if they were below 18 no, that, years of age, should they be on no, the register? No,
2: there is a terrible person. Absolutely not. We're not trying to capture a couple of uh, young teenage lovers that were a bit risky in the younger years and and that comes to haunt them later on. Absolutely not. We are about capturing predators' information to educate our kids and mums and dads and other people about who actually live in the real world in our suburbs. That's what it's about. Bringing those young offenders into the register is not on. That will never happen under my watch and uh, I would be 100% against it. And if I could just point out... Not every person that's been found guilty of a terrible crime against children will be on the register because there will be exemptions. And for instance, identifying the victim of a crime, we will have nothing to do with ever exposing that young person or that now um, adult survivor on a public website. So there will be some smaller rural regional communities where everybody knows everybody else's business. So if you put perhaps that offender's uh, details up, In a general form, even in a general form, they'll say, oh, wow, what's going on here? And there you go. They can easily identify, oh, it must be such and such as daughter or son or whatever the case may be. So there will be some exemptions, and that is a good thing. It's still got to have sufficient teeth to educate the the public and sufficient teeth to say what you did was terrible and you're going to be a marked person on the public register forever and a day. That is a good thing.
0: But what about the other side of the story? Not every offender has committed the same level of crime. A story from the US tells of a man who was a teen when affected by drugs and alcohol, he sexually assaulted one of his sister's friends while she was sleeping. He spent a year in jail. After he got out, he tried to turn his life around but was unable to access rehab because he was on the register. He also found it hard to get work and the stigma from all his neighbours knowing about his crime was making his daily life difficult. He did manage to eventually turn his life around, have a family and hold down a job but says a register made it almost impossible for him to assimilate back into a community after having served his time. Dr Karen Gelb is a criminologist and lecturer at the University of Melbourne. Dr Gelb, in your opinion, is a sex offender register a help or a hindrance?
1: It's really a hindrance. All the research shows that it does very little, if anything at all, to help prevent sexual offences against children. It's a very appealing kind of policy but doesn't really have much impact on reducing reoffending.
0: Are these views that you have based on case studies of places where the sex offender register already exists?
1: It's used extensively in the United States and a huge amount of research has taken place there. The research shows that there's many different problems with it. Part of the problem is that it's, it has a negative effect on reintegration and rehabilitation in society. By naming and shaming and allowing the general public access to information about registered sex offenders, it really hinders their efforts at reintegrating into society. One can imagine how difficult it would be to get a job and find housing and start to be a productive member of society when one's neighbours know you know, your background. So that, that would make it very difficult, which means if they're not likely to reintegrate into society, it increases the chances of reoffending.
0: So there are going to be people who say, yes, OK, but that person has done the wrong thing. And what if, you know, a registered sex offender moves in next door to my young daughter or son? Don't I have the right to know that I need to protect myself from this person? Is, is there any validity to that argument?
1: We know that the reoffending rates, the sexual reoffending rates of convicted sex offenders are very low. In fact, they're the lowest of any type of offender if you have to classify offenders. So with very, very low recidivism rates, which is reoffending rates, it's not something that one needs to be overly concerned about. And I think the other point that's really relevant for the public sex offender registers, we know from the evidence that people are much more likely to be victimized with a sexual offence by someone they know. So someone who's a family member or a colleague or a friend of the family, that's where the real threat lies, not in the stranger danger. That's kind of a convenient mythology that has developed around sexual offending. But these public sex offence registers are very much targeted at the stranger danger. And that's just not what the evidence shows. That's not where the threat lies.
0: So what's the worst case scenario for someone placed on a sex offender register? What's the worst that can happen?
1: Worst case scenario is vigilantism, where you see members of the public with their pitchforks and torches out trying to drive an offender out of the neighbourhood. It doesn't happen often. It's a rare event, but it can happen. And there certainly are instances in other jurisdictions, for example, overseas. In the UK, there was a case of someone who was murdered in such a vigilante case, and he had been incorrectly identified as a sex offender. That's a worst-case scenario, very unusual, but it can happen. Uh, what's more likely is the stigma associated with being a known sex offender simply makes it impossible to reintegrate into the community. And we know from decades of criminological theory and research and evidence that if someone is isolated and stigmatized and pushed out, ostracized from society, it makes it really hard for them to become law-abiding, productive members of that society.
0: The creation of a National Child Sex Offender Register remains a priority for the Morrison government. $7.8 million was allocated in this month's federal budget to establish the register, which the government says will protect the most vulnerable people in our society, the children. While we will be able to see names, aliases, pictures, and the individual's date of birth, physical description, and a description of their crime, the Australian Register won't publish the offender's address. Some have slammed it as a political stunt that will do little to help children. Longtime campaigner for the Register, Senator Darren Hinch, says he can now die happy. Labor say they'll look at any constructive proposal. That's all for The Quickie today. For more episodes, you can head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie.